0: Online at MyPremiereOrtho.com.
1: Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of The Herald Times, along with co-host Mary Catherine Carmichael. Today we're going to be talking about uh, actually a breaking news story uh, about New federal regulations or federal mandate about health care insurers and and the need for health care insurers to cover cover contraceptives for women free of charge uh, while churches will be exempt from the new rule, many Catholic organizations have been pretty upset about it uh, because they they were previously exempt the uh, law previously exempted um, some other organizations um, from. Uh, covering contraceptives because of religious uh, beliefs and religious affiliation. And the uh, new law uh, would definitely uh, call that into question. So we're going to be talking about this, and I'll give you a little bit more of an update after I introduce our guests. We have three guests in the studio today. Kosali Simon is here. She's with the IU School of Public and Environmental Affairs. Uh, She's a professor specializing in economics and health insurance policy. Crystal Struben is here. She's Vice President of Communications, uh, Development, and Education for Planned Parenthood of Indiana. And Father C. Ryan McCarthy, uh, Reverend with the Archdiocese of Indianapolis, uh, drove over from Brookville, Indiana, today to be with us. If you want to join us on the program, you can phone us at 855-0811 or toll-free 877 877- and wfiu.org slash noon edition is the web address if you want to join a live chat. So we were planning this program and it was a lot of, uh, uh, let's say, a lot of controversy that was swirling around it when the uh, Obama administration um, announced the the final rules uh, that would um, oversee um, mandating health care insurers to cover contraceptives for women. And then today, uh, the President has, it seems to have backed off a little bit um, just before the program, about eleven thirty, uh, I got an email being a newspaper editor, I guess i 'm on the list that says that uh, part of what the president is going to announce later today is that his administration will propose and finalize a new regulation during a transition year for religious organizations uh, to address religious objections of the non-exempted religious organizations. The new regulation will require insurance companies to cover contraception if the non-exempted religious organization chooses not to. Under the new policy, religious organizations will not have to provide contraceptive coverage or refer their employees to organizations that provide contraception. Um, Religious organizations will not be required to subsidize the cost of contraception. Contraception coverage will be offered to women by their employers, insurance companies directly, with no role for religious employers who oppose contraception. So that's uh, the latest.
0: I need a history lesson on this whole thing. <laughs> I really do. I, do I mean, what? I guess how did we get to this point, and how long? Um, yeah, just I don't know. I'm going to leave. It, I'm going to leave it that open because I, I need, I need well, to know how we got where we are today. Is that something you'd like to jump in on, Crystal?
2: Well, um, how we got to where we are today. Well, as
0: far as who covers what, and and um, how long have insurance companies been expected to um, cover? Contraception. Let's
1: let Coastalie. Kos- she's Kos- a, involved okay. with, with policy. Well, I'd so. be happy to try my Oh, hand
0: great. This. Thanks. Yes.
3: So I think as uh, background, the uh, there's the background of what, what was in the Affordable Care Act that led to this provision, but the more um, broader background of what have states and the government been doing about what's included in insurance coverage. There are numerous laws that state what insurance coverage has to cover, whether it's the employer providing it or the level of the insurer, and uh, in the past, also there are 28 states that have some laws in place that say something about the coverage of preventive care. But um, if you look at what employers are surveyed and and what they say, um, uh, something like over 80% of insurers are found to... Be covering contraception methods in 2002, according mm-hmm. to a study by the government. Is that with a copay? That's, so I think that's where the big change comes in is that typically they're, they're, the, the, the rules don't say what the copays are going to be. And so the big change from an economist's perspective of what's happening here is that the copay has gone to zero. Okay. Well, that right. is a good history. Thank you.
1: Okay. And now, uh, Father, you, yes, you uh, have, uh, when you were, came in today, yeah, I'm sure you had a, a position on on what was happening this week. Could you sort of tell us where you were, and then has the uh, the thing what I just read to you, and I know that this is very quick. Has that changed your mind? Any? Um,
4: well, my position, of course, is the same as the Catholic Church, which is that. Um, We see this not as a health issue but actually as a religious freedom issue that the church has taught since – well, we have records since about 100 A.D. (laughs) So about 2,000 years of contraception is immoral and uh, the church doesn't desire to participate in that financially or in any other way. Um, Mm -hmm. So anything that would compel us to participate that, we would see that as trying to violate our freedom of religion. (laughs) It's hard to react to something that's kind of ethereal still as far as what the administration's specific changes are. I know that for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis and for a lot of other religious organizations, we're self-insured. So I don't know that that would solve the problem long term for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. Um, There are some grandfather provisions in there that might work for us um, to solve our problem. other institutions that are self insured i don 't know that they'd have the same
0: so everybody who works for you from your office staff to anybody in the priesthood every you're all covered under your self insured correct okay mm-hmm. correct. Now, from
1: what I understand is that that uh, the churches would have been exempt anyway it was it's it's other religious Organizations, perhaps a university that has a religious affiliation?
4: Well, I guess it would depend on your definition of church. I mean St. Francis of Sissy, a famous saint, I think most people have heard of him, said uh, preach the gospel, always use words when necessary. So the church, we view ourselves as broad, and we the institutions are just an extension for us of the church as a whole.
1: Mm-hmm. So a university that has a, a – Catholic affiliation you would consider the church.
4: Yeah, well mm-hmm. certainly. Mm-hmm. And I think if you ask the sisters and brothers and monks and nuns who founded those institutions that they would most certainly agree. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
4: Crystal, you want to
1: we want to bring you into the conversation. Planned parenthood I'm sure has a uh, position on all of this.
2: Well, birth control is basic preventive health care it 's an important um, health care option for women, and we think it should be offered without copay to any woman regardless of where she works so it 's really important that women have access to it and The decision today just affirms that that women will get access to birth control and it 's good news
5: mm-hmm.
2: um, in terms of uh, churches they are exempt, and that that is also an important distinction, so religious organizations like churches don 't have to participate. However, universities and hospitals serve a much broader audience, and in fact, 43% of people who go to a university, college students, are not Catholic, so we would be imposing something on them when they should have access to to basic preventive care.
1: Mm -hmm. I was, uh, in preparing for the show today, I was watching uh, sort of a debate on... um, Hardball it was uh, I found online where there were one of the people on there and i 'm not sure who it was 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 arguing that it 's not a religious um, issue it 's a labor law issue that that he would he would draw that distinction that the law basically talks about what employers must do and doesn 't have anything to do with religion father
4: well i, I mean I guess I would say that if he wants to say that labor law trumps the first amendment of the constitution then I, he could be right I would hope that most americans and the church certainly would think that the first amendment is going to be the law where this one falls under
1: mm-hmm. okay if we uh if you have questions or comments this is a pretty uh interesting topic that mm-hmm. we have today and, it, and it's it's changing rapidly so uh, if you have questions or comments, please phone us at eight five five zero eight one one eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight. WFIU dot org slash noon edition is the website. If you want to join a live chat,
0: yeah, we, we've got a uh, we've got a little survey going on. We want to know if you support the updated provisions in the contraceptive mandate. Uh, so go again, go to uh, Indiana Public Media. Uh, dot org slash Noon Edition, and you'll find us online, and you can weigh in on this.
1: All right. Well, it seems to me that, the, that a lot of this is a – I mean, it's it's a multifaceted issue. It's really a political issue right now that the president has reacted uh, so quickly to try to, um, I think, get uh, try not to offend too many Catholics. Some of the some major Democrats in the House and the Senate I know weren't supporting him. In this, So he's trying to, uh, it, it seems to me, he's trying to, to, to sort of back off and make it a little bit more palatable. So, you know, that's where, uh, Father, again, I know that you just got to see that uh, information, but that's where I think the story's going to go for the rest of today is whether anything that was in that, anything that he's said uh, will make you more comfortable and the, and the Catholic Church more comfortable.
4: I mean more comfortable is kind of – when you're asking (laughs) to be violated your conscience, the extent to which you violate your conscience is – there's not really a more or less comfortable when it comes to Mm. situations such as that. So I'd say Mm -hmm. from what I've seen, it doesn't make me more comfortable now. OK,
0: I'm interested in the phrase preventative health care as it um, relates to contraception. That's a that's a, um, not a connection or you know phrases I'd heard used together before. I, you know, I think of getting my teeth cleaned kind of as preventative health care. Um, so I'm wondering the history of contraception being considered preventative health care. And ha- how long has it been part of the conversation? I guess this is I've missed this. apparently.
2: Well, I think that. Uh, birth control is basic health care. It's, it's, it's preventing an unintended pregnancy. It's helping women decide when and whether to become a parent and making that choice for themselves. And I think to get back to the conversation on um, whether employers should offer it, I mean, it shouldn't matter where you work. You should be able to prevent an unintended pregnancy if you choose to. And so that's about nurses well, how do you? Say, well,
0: what do you say then to people who say, well, there's another way to do
2: that, which is, you know – that's an important thing too. We want to make sure people are educated, so and have all of your options. So know how to prevent an unintended pregnancy, including taking birth control. Right.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. All right. So, uh, cosily, the idea that, that you know health insurance companies would now be more involved in this um, and would take some of the pressure, I guess, off of the the employer. How does I mean? Can you sort of react to that? Mm-hmm. How does that? How does I'm that saying, change yeah, the game? Th-
3: this might be it. it might be a, a politically different thing when you ask an employer to do something versus an insurer. But mm-hmm. from how it plays out in an economic perspective, it, it doesn't matter exactly which side is required to, because the costs are eventually going to be shared among everyone. Mm-hmm. So the legal mandate on who exactly does it doesn't matter as much, I think, for the um, Mm -hmm. policy, the analysis part on what this might do to use Mm -hmm. of um, uh, contraception, for Mm -hmm. example.
1: Sounds like it's going to be quite an interesting political issue going forward, because it doesn't sound like from a policy standpoint that the changes today have made much difference, and, and certainly from Father's point of view, it hasn't made much difference. How about from a woman, a women's po- the woman's point of view, Planned Parenthood's point of view? Do, does this change anything? What has happened today?
2: I think it it helps reinforce that that we don't want politics in healthcare. It shouldn't be part of the conversation. People should have access to basic basic healthcare without political interference. And I think the the last few weeks have just shown people want um, want that out of the conversation. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it seems like it'd be really
0: easy to just kind of take this whole thing and and do away with all this strife. If you just say, hey, everybody be responsible for your own birth control, you know, just let's take this off the table. And, and, you know, Planned Parenthood certainly um, receives a lot of private funding from various sources. Um, What about that? Just, you know. Make everybody happy and say, look, we're going to provide contraception for people who need it, but um, we we want to take this out of the very um, dangerous minefield that is this discussion.
2: Well, in order to provide health care, it would have to be part, I mean, being part of insurance is a really important advancement. It, it gives access to people who can't afford it. And we know right now people are struggling just to pay, make ends meet, get meals on the table, that kind of thing. So um, an advancement here is being able to offer it through insurance, which isn't, isn't offered to everyone. Most people, a lot of people can't afford birth control even through the programs that are out there. So this, this really makes it more accessible, and, and it's a good thing.
1: Okay. all right we have a couple phone calls so we're going to go to monica first monica yes hi go ahead
6: yes um just a couple things on that previous comment there about the uh, cost of birth control and i have just never honestly heard anybody say that their family is hurting or they can't buy groceries be- or they can't make ends meet because they can't afford birth control and it's just uh, that's i just think that's a really you know that just not true at all and then i'm just calling in also as a woman And I just always kind of am resentful of the fact that, like, Planned Parenthood and all the organizations like that just kind of try to paint with a broad brush as women that that we want and need birth control and how happy we are not if we don't have it. And I just think there's a growing army of women out there who are just kind of really fed up with the feminist and reproductive rights movements because of all the untold damage it has done to women's physical and mental health. And we just see this in the connection with the breast cancer soaring. There's really legitimate studies out there that show that. And also just with the divorce rate and the breakdown of the families, I think it can all go back to the issue of contraception when you do some good research out there, like I have done, and that's why I am actually Catholic for that very issue. It's, it brought me into the Church, and um, I just think those things need to be addressed as well and to recognize that there is a group of people out there, especially women, that um, there are le- very legitimate reasons in, for, you know, not having birth control because it affects society. It is a cultural and a moral issue. And then one other point I want to bring up, too, is that um, the Guttmacher Institute, there's 54% of women, they say the 50. i am sorry, 54% of women who are having abortions are already using a contraceptive method. So that tells you, you know, that you just kind of wonder then that the people that are selling these birth control and everything, it just means more abortions because they're not being used properly or whatever, and it's like this vicious cycle. And all this money then is going to places, I believe, like Planned Parenthood and these big pharmaceutical companies.
1: Crystal, do you want to respond?
2: Well, that's a lot to respond yes. to. <laughs> I think I'll start first <coughs> with saying that 99 percent of women have used birth control at some point in their life. So it is a, an important issue for women and it is something that women are using and need. Um, furthermore, 98 percent of Catholic women use birth control. So that's another statistic out there. And we also know that a lot of people want birth control covered from insurance so 56 percent there um so what i would say is offering contraception is important it helps women plan it helps women have healthier uh, pregnancies it helps to lower the infant mortality rate so birth control is needed it's basic health care
1: uh, father i want it and since uh our last caller brought up the the idea of, of research and and whatnot the uh Public Religion Research Institute poll uh, that was taken last week found that 55 percent of Americans actually agree with this rule that would have employers providing health care plans that cover contraception and birth control. Um, But also six out of ten, 60 percent of Catholics agree with that How do you you explain that or respond to that?
4: Well, I I guess a couple ways. First, I think the Constitution exists for those times in which – and the Bill of Rights exists for those times (coughs) to protect minorities Mm -hmm. and a minority opinion. So I think that would be the case here. And she said 98 percent of Catholic women – I think at some time in their life have used contraception, not are using contraception, um, have used contraception. I would guess that 98 percent of women and men in the church have probably lied at some point in time in their life and missed mass on any given Sunday. I mean there's a Ten Commandments, a whole lot of moral rules that we as Catholics, since we're all sinners and fallen are weak, don't always follow. That doesn't mean that the rules aren't true and correct. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'd say that would be where the church falls. Yeah, there are Catholics who are weak and there's Catholics who are sinners. Most of us, in fact, are not saints the vast majority of us, um, but that doesn't change what is true and right. Okay.
1: All right. We're going to go to one more phone call before we uh, take a break, so let's go to Roger on the phone. Roger?
7: Hello. Yes. uh, Thank you. Uh, It seems to me that, um, you know, all I've heard in public discussion, uh, the talk is as though there is a freedom of conscience position in the Constitution for religious institutions um, I am a Protestant minister, and I think that in our tradition, we agree with a lot of things in ecumenical theology now, but this is one where we would see freedom of individual conscience as being uh, uh, violated by the uh, Catholic institutions and the Catholic Bishops who have proposed that they can use federal money for for the programs that they administer and I've known people who've worked in those programs and who are not, uh, not happy with the insurance that policy of the, of the institution, uh, that they can use federal money and still deny individuals who have a right of conscience to receive birth control services, um, that kind of service, because of the position of the church, which is not administering a religious program, but administering a medical or social or educational program. Uh, I think that that is a a strong position that stands in variance with that of the Catholic representative.
1: Father McCarthy, it seems like that would probably be for you.
4: Well, I mean, it's true that some of our programs receive federal funds um, and we cooperate with the federal government whenever possible. I think in this case, it's one where we don't actually cooperate with the federal government. And as far as the group versus individual conscience i i don't think the church is openly opposing people pursuing uh receiving contraceptives the church is just saying we don't want to pay for it and we're not going to advocate it Mm -hmm. and i think that's a important distinction Mm -hmm. to make Mm. right
7: i I would disagree i think that uh, part of an employment contract for a non-catholic especially should be that their freedom of conscience is respected and that they have equal rights since this may be the only place to work in a community uh, where they can use their talents for the public good.
1: All right, Roger, thank you for your comments. We're going to try to get in one more call before we do take that break. So, Julie, you're next. Julie?
8: Hi, yes. Thanks for letting me call. It's been very very interesting. Um, I am a, a female student at Indiana University, and I Um, find this topic extremely important and I would also like to say um, as a woman that um, you know it's, although it's been said that contraception is necessary for basic health care, it really isn't, but let's let's disregard um, whether or not contraception is is morally right or wrong for a moment Um, what really bothers me is that never before, as Cardinal um Dolan has said, never before has the federal government forced individuals and organizations to go out into the marketplace and buy a product that violates their conscience. It's never happened before in the history of America. And regardless of whether or not this is basic care or not, um, is this is it really okay to force anyone to do anything against their conscience, against their real religious beliefs? And I'd like to know, um, can the supporters of reproductive health care services like Planned Parenthood really find no other way to support access to these services other than to force
2: Catholic institutions to comply with their rules.
1: All right. Crystal from Planned Parenthood, response.
2: Well, I think, again, um, and Roger brought up a a good point earlier, it really should be up to women to decide, um, and they should be able to have access to the service. So, again, providing it for free is important. It makes it more accessible, and it puts the decision back in the hands of a woman. It shouldn't be up to an employer or religious organization to decide if a woman can contracept or not. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to – this – issue is – there's a lot of complexity with this issue because we're talking about um, having the – first of all, it was the, the employer and now perhaps the insurance company make available free – at no charge, contraception, but it's not really forcing anybody to – to take contraceptives,
0: well, and the other right? thing we haven't even talked about is I know a lot of people who take contraceptives not for contraception mm-hmm. but for other health reasons, um, so I mean, but yet that would be certainly equally uh, handled under any provision that we're
2: talking about. so, so I, think,
1: I, mean, I, I yeah, and I, and I think the distinction that uh, Father McCarthy made was a, a really good one, too that, that the Catholic Church is saying we don't want to pay for it
4: that's, you know? yep that's our position, yeah.
1: Okay. okay. Well, we're going to take a short break. Uh, let me tell you who our guests are again. So we have quite an array of guests in here today. Kosalie Simon, IU professor uh, in the School of Public and Environmental Affairs. She specializes in economics and health insurance policy. Crystal Struben, vice president of communications development and education for Planned Parenthood of Indiana. And Father C. Ryan McCarthy, reverend with the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. You're listening to Noon Edition. We'll be right back.
5: This is Noon Edition on WFIU. Production support comes from Smithville. Information at smithville.net and from Premier Ortho, online at mypremierortho.com. You can take WFIU with you by downloading podcasts directly to your PC, Mac, or MP3 player. Programs such as Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia. And short features like Kinsey Confidential, the Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz, and Play and Opera Reviews are all available on demand. Pick them up at WFIU.org. And have you heard WFIU's news features? The WFIU news team brings you expanded and in-depth reports on topics affecting South Central Indiana. Catch the Friday feature just after 8.30 during morning edition, just before noon edition, and at 545 during all things considered. They're also archived on our website, wfiu.org.
1: Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from The Herald Times along with co-host Mary Catherine Carmichael and our guest today, Kosalie Simon from the IU School of Public and Environmental Affairs, Crystal Strubin from Planned Parenthood of Indiana, and Father C. Ryan McCarthy, a reverend with the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. We're talking about um, the federal laws, uh, new federal law on health care insurers and contraceptives for women providing contraceptives free of charge. If you have questions or comments, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. WFIU.org slash Noon Edition is our website if you want to join a live chat.
0: Kosali, I'm wondering, you know, usually anything that involves health care, the um, health care or health insurance lobby is right out there, you know, with an opinion, letting us know why this is or is or is not a good idea, but their silence has been deafening. Can you explain why they haven't had something to say about this yet?
3: I think it could be in the way it's been phrased as it's an employer issue. Now, if it becomes an insurance issue, that might in uh, lead us to have more being said by the insurance company but i want to bring it back to this idea of whoever it is who's paying really it's up to market forces to allocate who's actually going to end up paying so mm. if it's that next year's premiums are higher as a result of having these coverage of provisions that weren't being paid out right now then who exactly is going to be paying for it mm-hmm. is it at the level of the self insured uh, employer or is it spread out more broadly insurer and, versus employer and so employer? then again
0: you've got people who don't believe in contraception really paying for contraception
3: right market forces will lead it to be likely that not just the person who's paying who who's paying the premium of that policy that just got covered but other policies so other age groups, other right. Uh, it's exactly.
0: That's it's yeah. That was my point. Out. Great. Okay. Well, we've had several comments that have come in online, and I want to I want to go ahead and, and give uh, give those a read. Uh, first one came in from Suzanne. It says, "If someone decides freely to work for an ideological vegetarian slash vegan restaurant, although they are not vegetarians or vegans themselves, do they have the right to ask their restaurant owners to serve them meat based on m- meals for free on their premises?" Well, uh,
1: Probably Might not. be a
0: little rhetorical
1: there. <laughs> right. Okay.
0: Well, and, you making know. Making a
1: point. Just making a point. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, here's another comment that came in from Judy. It says, should Catholics in political positions, such as Kathleen Sibelius be excommunicated? Father, that's clearly in your
4: court. To be honest with you, I think she already was. Um, really? By her bishop. But oh. I'm not positive on that, but I think she was indeed.
0: Okay. Well, that would be it.
1: Well, what about other Catholics who are, uh, you know, not Kathleen Sibelius, but... Yeah, I mean, well, the point is most Catholic of those theory.
4: decisions go to the bishop so yeah. if you want to have Bishop Coyne in here he might be able to answer those questions um, but it's above my pay grade oh, okay. Okay. okay all right
0: and here's another comment that came in from Gordon hi Gordon um, bravo for the minister's argument about the nature of the right quote unquote of health coverage as not one that recognizes the corporate interests in such matters that is the church has no right to demand that its employees obey its rules the employees are responsible for their own moral standards, no matter how involved with the church they might be. Further, take the RAA approach, and this is reductio ad, ad absurdum. Thank you. My thank you. Latin is lacking. Uh, the church mandated, at least pre-Vatican II, that people should fast or eat fish on Fridays. Would the church have the right to mandate what individuals eat as a matter of conscience? How does... Preventing contraception differ from preventing people choosing to eat meat.
4: Well, I say, if we were paying for the meal, we'd have the right to decide which were we paying what we were paying for.
0: All right, here, we've got another comment. We're rolling here, folks. Uh, from Elizabeth: All Catholics that don't follow the Catholic Church teachings to the T should leave or be excommunicated. Well, that's a hard line. Uh, why do we have to conform the teachings of the Church to the immorality of the pagan world? Okay, I.
1: Another comment. Anybody. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um,
0: here's uh, a comment from Carla. It says, it shouldn't be up to our government to force a religious-affiliated school or hospital to pay for an abortion or provide contraceptives for free. Whoops. Hold on a minute. Uh, if a woman can exercise her rights to abort a fetus, then a physician should not be forced to provide the service if it is against their moral beliefs.
1: All right. We've got a lot of comments on it.
4: I would say it's a little off topic. I mean, (laughs) if we wanted to go that direction, I'm happy to go that direction, but it's not really what we're discussing today.
1: Yeah, let's not. Okay, good. uh, I want to go to the phones, because we've got uh, a caller from South Bend who's on the line. Debbie from South Bend, please uh, let us know what you're thinking.
9: Well, I happen to work for the University of Notre Dame, so this Uh is a very pertinent issue for me. Um, The university does not, as Father said, require its employees to not contracept if that's their choice they just do not want to cover it in their health care plan however this mandate unless it is completely rescinded will require us at a cost if we do not comply of one thousand dollars per day per employee If that won't impact all of us employees, I don't know what will. And I happen to know for a fact, in response to your Planned Parenthood representative, that if you have a medical need where you need it for something, the birth control pill, for something other than contraception, you can have a form filled out by your doctor And it will cover your, um, pills if it's something for a, that's a medical need, non-contraceptive need. And also, I have a coworker who chooses to contracept. She said, why in the world would anybody need the insurance to pay for this? It's $9 a month for you to get a generic, get generic birth control pills. If Planned Parenthood is providing their service out there to make sure that everybody can contracept, then they can provide it. My taxpayer money is unfortunately going there. I don't understand why we are being forced. This is not something about the Catholic Church. It is a religious liberty, a violation of our First Amendment rights. And it's just one more step where they're trying to take away our constitutional rights.
1: Okay, Debbie, thank you for your your comments. Kosalit, do you have uh, any reaction to that?
3: Yes, Debbie, to the part that was about why would something be required to be covered by insurance, I think that this brings up an interesting economic point, which is that we're talking about uh, relatively small and relatively foreseen needs that is, this is not a, a totally unexpected kind of uh, need. Uh, so insurance typically doesn't cover things that are ones that where risk is not involved. So this is really an issue of social policy, thinking about the consequences of unintended pregnancy and who is paying for them. So it's the, the idea that if Contraception is not provided at zero cost. Will there be consequences to society that are greater than to individuals, and uh, therefore a reason to have subsidies on these? Uh-huh.
1: All right, thank you.
2: I think that's a Crystal? good point. I mean, it's important to remember that half of all unintended preg- or half of all pregnancies are unintended, and there is a cost to that. When a woman finds herself with an unintended pregnancy, there's a cost to carrying a pregnancy to term. There's a cost to raising children. So. Preventing unintended pregnancy, making sure women are prepared and able to raise children, that's what's most important. And it will actually have a, a benefit and a cost benefit to us to prevent unintended pregnancy.
1: All right. Let's go back to uh, Mary from Martinsville. Mary?
2: Yes. I'd, I'd like to propose a question.
6: If oh. uh, a company f- uh, provides the, uh, the uh, contraceptions or any business, And there's a failure in the contraceptive, and the lady gets pregnant. Is she going to be able to sue her company or her insurance company because uh, she was promised that she had this contraceptive that would prevent a pregnancy?
3: Um, I'd be happy to try that, too. So Mary's question was about... Whether there would be legal rights to sue for failure of contraceptives if it's being included. And I'd say that comes down to any drug that's taken for an intended purpose has some known failure rates. And in, in fact, in the Institute of Medicine report that recommended the use of um, the, the inclusion of contraceptives, they listed the percent of. Uh, failure rates by each device and so i think it's th- this goes back to it's well known that there is going to be a failure rate and there's no legal liability involved right.
1: okay thank you mary thanks very much and
3: yes, uh, i'd like to say one more okay, thing. okay
1: go ahead
6: i'm one of the not, one of the one percent who's never used any sort of contraception and i think there are many others out there i don't think one percent is uh totally accurate thank you
1: all right thank you for the call uh, Jane from Bedford is next in line. Jane,
10: yeah, um, I, I got in on this a little late, so forgive me if I'm repeating. But I just do want to put out my thoughts as a woman, as a nurse, as a person who's had an abortion, who's used Planned Parenthood in the past, Parenthood in the past, and regretted it. Um, I, as a citizen, I, I just think that this issue on a broader scale is about citizens' rights, as my liberties as an American citizen. I don't like the government having to come into these religious organizations and tell them how they are to who use their money and, and, you know, that they must do this, they must do that. I think that's a slippery slope that we're going down if we go that route. You know, our liberties, we've got to watch them because once they're gone, they're gone. As a woman, um, I know that I can get birth control stuff as I wanted. If I want contraception, I've gotten it in the past. And believe me, I didn't go through insurance companies and it didn't cost that much. And if you don't have enough money, you can go to your health department and get help with this. It's not that big of a deal, believe me. And as a taxpayer, I do not want to pay for someone to have an abortifacient as a nurse, as a woman who's had an abortion, who knows what the ramifications of that, uh, decision on my part have been and continue to be throughout my life. I I just absolutely do not want to have these poor, poor, they're not poor, but these religious organizations mandated by my government what I, you know, what they should pay for. And I don't appreciate the people that say we women need to have it, and all of us women, you know, are hurt by this, blah, blah, blah. Um, That's really all I want to say as far as I can think of. But I just think it's a moral issue, too, and it's just a slippery slope giving that right to the government.
1: All right, Jane, thanks a lot. I want to turn to uh, our professor, Kosali, and ask about... You know, you're talking about a slippery slope, and uh, from a, from a public policy standpoint, again, you know, let's take this back to. I mean, this is a government policy that the Obama administration has. I mean, the the, the health all, entire health care act has been sort of debated and discussed a great deal, and this is a part of that. So, could you sort of take us back to this as a public policy, and why why there are people who are arguing in favor of this policy uh, so strongly?
3: Sure, Bob. So to take this back to the Affordable Care Act and think about where this came from. There were provisions written in the law in 2010 when the law was signed um, that said there will be better access to preventive care services under health insurance after the law has um, gone into effect. So the details, of course, don't get written into those laws. Those details are to be decided upon by the Secretary of Human, Health and Human Services. So the, the secretary then convenes uh, gets um, recommendations and guidelines from, in this case, there were there was input from the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force as well as the Institute of Medicine. And so when it came to the, the issue of contraception, the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force didn't have a recommendation. The recommendation came from the Institute of Medicine panel that said, uh, thinking about unintended pregnancy as preventive care means that contraception should be included in the guidelines. So this is the history of where it came from in the law. Um, the broader question of public policy really comes down to the how much external cost or how much uh, consequence do we think there is for society to pay for if these services are provided not for zero cost
1: okay this is
3: a poorly timed
0: political turd in the punch bowl though for obama (laughs) i mean i can't imagine that his people aren't just losing their minds that this is coming up right now this is uh you know very divisive as we can tell by the show today Mm -hmm. what a what a thing to have you know to come up at we should have a whole other show about the political ramifications of this and, and well, the timing. I, I
1: think that's, you know, I, I mentioned that earlier, too. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, this is, as a political issue, is going to uh, fester for quite a while, I, I think. So let's go back to the phones. We have several callers that are still trying to get with us. John, I believe, has been waiting six or seven minutes. So, John, please.
4: Yeah, I just um, had a comment in the context of providing uh, health care to women, I'm concerned, and back to the context of the uh, slippery slope, that will in the future the potential
7: exist that as abortion, as a health care issue for women, that religious employers will have to provide uh, abortions free of charge.
1: All right. Crystal?
2: I, th- I think we should stay focused that this is uh, – what we're talking about today is about birth control. We're talking about preventing unintended pregnancy, and that prevents abortion. Um, so
1: – Yeah, abortion is want to really stay on the focused. Table.
4: Yeah, okay. A- actually, I'm not sure about that one. Though. Okay. I think, go statistically ahead, speaking, you see contraceptive rates go up. You also see abortion rates go up in most cultures and societies.
2: That is not uh, accurate. So when you see contraception go up, you see abortion rates go down.
1: So we have a disagreement uh, on that particular issue. So let's go back to uh, the phones. Let's go to Monroe next. Monroe's from Bedford.
7: Hi. Um, I might be wrong, but my understanding is that there is some religions which do not believe in the use of traditional uh, hospitals and so on. Uh, if that's the case, will they be allowed to say, no, you cannot use a hospital, even though it might uh, save a life?
1: Um, I don't think that this particular.
7: Well, it's, it's okay. Yeah. Will they will they be allowed to say sorry? Uh, we won't pay for this procedure because it's against our belief. If it's something that is normally covered under any other insurance company.
1: Anybody want to tackle that? No. All right. I guess we'll take that as a comment, Monroe. We have no no response, but thank you very much.
0: Okay, I got something wacky. Don't Seventh-day Adventists who pay taxes, uh, you know, aren't they already kind of paying for a whole bunch of stuff that they don't believe in?
4: I think we all, when we pay taxes, pay for a whole lot of things that we don't believe in.
0: Right, exactly. But the
4: difference is at that point in time, the government's paying for it, not the church and not myself. The government pays for it, and it's government money they're spending.
0: So your, your tax dollars have been laundered by the government, in effect?
4: I, if I had a choice to pay taxes or not, I think I would probably not pay taxes. But as Christ said, you're under under Caesar what is Caesar, and the government <laughs> decides what to do with those funds, and that's a whole different decision. Okay. We have
2: to keep remembering, too, that this provision all along exempts churches. Churches do not have to pay for birth control. It mm-hmm. exempts them.
4: Well, it depends. Once again, how you define a church, and I think the sisters who run St. Francis Hospital in Indianapolis would consider themselves part of the church, not a separate institution. I
1: guarantee they would. All right, let's go back to the phones. Boy, we are the, the phones are lighting up. Blake is next. Blake from Bloomington.
11: Hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. I was just wondering, and I hope someone hasn't already asked this before, but I'm a I'm a male Catholic student at Indiana University, and I was just wondering why something like birth control is actually seen as health care at all. Because normally when I think of something like medicine, I think of, you know, it's like a disease, like part of your body isn't working properly. But birth control actually does the opposite and changes the function of a normally functioning healthy body part and shuts off that function. So why is that considered health care?
1: All right, Blake, thanks for the uh, question. We're going to let Crystal from Planned Parenthood address that, and and I think also Kosalie may have a, something she wants to say.
2: Well, I would just say birth control is basic preventive health care. It's part of uh, keeping women healthy, regulating their cycles, preventing unintended pregnancy. Kosalie? Sure.
3: So, um, Blake, I would say that the definition of preventive care can Um, be interpreted by some to mean preventing things that might be costly to others as well as to self. So it can be this broader definition, and that's what seems to be playing out. Whereas when you really think about health care, we think of what are the things that I need to keep myself healthy? um, And what are the risks I face? So again, I come back to this point of we're not talking about a a, a huge risk here, which is what typically insurance is there for. Mm -hmm.
4: And if I could say one (laughs) thing, I Uh mean, I think the church's stance is pretty clear that it's not health care because we believe that everyone should have basic health care and we would see this as... Not health care, but rather an immoral action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So according to CNN, uh, this is breaking news. Obama has announced a compromise under the new plan. Religiously affiliated universities and hospitals, as we just discussed, uh, will not be forced to offer contraception coverage to their employer, employees. So, uh, but I guess, again, they're still going to go. They're going to still require the, uh, their insurers to make it available.
1: Okay. Well, we uh, hope that people will follow this story later on today uh, here on WFIU and on NPR and uh, in the Herald Times tomorrow <laughs> so yes. that you can find out more fully what uh, President Obama's statement said today. But it looks like things are changing as we speak. So let's go back to the phones. Uh, we have several callers. Wayne, I'm going to ask you to be short, please. But uh, Wayne is next. Hi. Hi, Wayne.
4: I-, I have heard defenders of the federal government say that this, this federal government action against Catholic beliefs is no different from state actions which already exist. The, these state actions have been in place for some time. In other words, since some states have similar anti-Catholic requirements, the federal government should, should be able to have these same requirements, but... are Aren't, aren't these anti-Catholic requirements violation of the federal constitution? Not necessarily, they're not necessarily violations of state constitutions. The, the, the federal constitution limits the federal government, does not necessarily limit state governments. So it seems to me that state actions in this case have no bearing on what the federal government may or may not do.
1: All right. We're going to turn to Kosali and ask if from, uh, again, a public policy standpoint. Wayne, you got a so, point?
3: Um, so I think this is a, a question about um, political theories and, and the Constitution. So I'm going to so – uh, from an economist's perspective, I, I don't have much to say on this, okay. but maybe – um, maybe Father McCarthy or, or Crystal might?
4: State laws vary. I know that. Um, I'm not an expert on every state law by any means. Um, but I think what you're going to find, interestingly enough, is that in order to get around many of the state laws, in order to have a loophole, the states have allowed us to be self-insured when it comes to health insurance. And I think from what I just heard about the Obama um, administration's decision is this is going to be actually Closing that loophole for us where we were paying for our own health insurance in order to get out of the requirement to provide mm-hmm. those things
1: I see well, I, I think Wayne 's main point uh, was probably that you know the First Amendment is a, a federal amendment uh, it 's in the Constitution, and he sees this as a first Amendment issue, and the states shouldn 't be able to supersede that so let 's go to uh, Mary from Columbus, Mary. do we have Mary from Columbus? Nope, we lost Mary from Columbus, but we have Mary from Brookville. Father, you may know Mary.
11: Mary? Um, Hi, Father McCarthy. (laughs) I just want to say kudos to Blake. Um, He is absolutely correct on what these contraceptive pills and patches and everything is doing to women's bodies. And I would encourage all women and men to go out there and do some research. Google it. Go to Couple to Couple League. Go to One More Soul. Get information on the damage the pill is causing to women's body. Blake, you are absolutely correct. And in the debate in regards to the disagreement of whether or not the use of contraceptives lowers the rate of abortion... The thing is that what we consider contraceptives, in many, many, many cases, actually cause abortion. So, Planned Parenthood, you are absolutely incorrect when you say it lowers the you, the abortion rate. It so totally increases it because it causes abortions. What most people thinks are what most people think is contraceptives are actually abortifacients. Father, could you please explain to the public how the pill works, how all of the other hormonal contraceptives work?
1: Okay. Well, thanks, Mary. Uh, Father, you don't have to do that. I think what, what Mary is saying basically is that a contraception uh, causes an abortion kind of reaction, and that's, that's how she's defining it.
2: And I'd like to respond to that. Um, Medical community defines pregnancy as beginning when a fertilized egg attaches to a uterine wall. That is a pregnancy. Birth control prevents a pregnancy from occurring. Abortion would end a pregnancy. So birth control does not cause a pregnancy to end. It prevents a pregnancy.
1: Okay, we're going to go to Julia next. Julia? Hello, Julia. Yeah, Julia, go ahead.
2: Hi. Um, I just wanted to pitch in
6: on this conversation. I am probably in a little bit unique uh, position because I'm a social worker, but I am also a Christian, and um, I feel very strongly working with the lower-income population of our community that um, it's really important to have contraception available to them. I work with parents every day who have had accidental pregnancies, and it becomes a burden for them, and not only for them, it becomes a burden for the rest of us um, to uh, pay for their needs. And I just I think that when we're taking these issues into into mine and I'm speaking specifically of low income populations, um, it really is a challenge for them. And um, I think we have a responsibility to help them to make pregnancies be a choice rather than an accident. And um, I think that that's that's a responsible thing to do.
1: All right. OK, Julia, thank you. Thank you very much for the call. Uh, we've got two more callers that we're going to get to before we sign off today so uh, Mary and
0: I have some I have some comments okay. online but I'm just going to kind of um, summarize those okay. because they're quite long. All right. I'll we'll let
1: you go last. Okay Mary from Indianapolis is next Mary
12: Yes um, I I wanted to respond first of all to Julia's um, I understand that there is um, you know uh, a, a concern for the lower income but I, I still don't agree that I mean there's adoption. You know, and I know that they have trouble with paying for, but there's so many organizations out there, even to help them through their pregnancies. Um, you know, the Gabriel Project being one of just one of many others. Um, when God chooses to create a baby, it's not our choice. You know, our and you know, right now, what we're arguing is why should government be for? You know, why should we we be paying it for for everybody to choose? Con- and what they're doing is they're forcing all of the hospitals and all of the doctors and everybody to go against their conscience. And that's not, that is a very, um, that's the most invasive law or whatever that anything has ever ever occurred in, in our country and um, taking away our religious um, freedom. Now, you know, we can all reach out and help, but, you know, there are adoption, there are other things besides just, um, you know, but should, they should, can still go out and have, you know, get the pill or get help to get those. You know, obviously. You know, there's so many um, organizations that help these lower-income families. I know, you know, I'm at the opposite end where I didn't have as many children as I, I couldn't have as many children as I wanted. I come from a big family, and I, I get so tired of them treating pregnancy like it's this terrible disease to avoid at all costs. That's just the most, you know, I have come from a family of 12 kids, and life and birth are the most beautiful things that can ever happen. And I understand when they're in terrible circumstances and even rape. But it's been proven over and over that abortion is not the answer for any of those.
1: All right, Mary, thanks for your comments. And we have one more Mary from this was Mary from Columbus, who uh, we cut off earlier. Mary, if you could uh, hold your comments to a minute or so. We're about out of time.
13: Well, Julie, um, the previous caller before this one, she I work with uh, in Columbus with some lower income people, and I totally agree with what she's saying. Um, My only comment was listening to this online I, I listening to this over the phone I I went online and looked and someone said something about getting free birth control for people well Planned Parenthood pops up over and over again I know that they're trying to take funding out of Planned Parenthood and the priest he made comment that they are receiving federal funds but they sh- I mean they're kinda getting to do whatever they want to do and I know there's a lot of people up in arms about Planned Parenthood getting federal funds and I I don't think you can have your cake and eat it too. So I, I think, and the other quick comment is people keep bringing abortion into this. We're talking about birth control. It's two very, very different things. And I, I think the Planned Parenthood um, expert there would agree. That's, that's all I have to say. All Thank right. you for getting me on.
1: <laughs> sure. Thanks, Mary. I, I want to, out of courtesy, I do want to give our three panelists like another th- 15, 30 seconds just to make a final comment, and then I'll turn it over to Mary Catherine. So, Crystal?
2: I would just say that I think it's good news for women across the country that, that birth control will be covered under health insurance. It's good family planning, um, good public health policy.
1: All right. Father McCarthy?
4: I hope that the administration in their reevaluation of this takes in our religious freedom into account. and. I just like to say one little comment, which is, I, I I think it's not healthy to refer to children as a burden. Certainly, they're burdensome at time, and they are certainly a financial cost. But I don't like to address children as a burden. Rather, children are a gift, and we certainly should welcome them into our society. All right, and Kosalee Simon from IU.
3: I'd say that I'd uh, point out that in in the policy analysis of these questions, the um, really the questions of who ends up paying are. What are interesting to me as an economist, Mm -hmm. and that they often aren't easy to see in how a piece of legislation is written.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: On our online poll, do you support the uh, updated provisions in the contraceptive mandate? Uh, 83 percent of our uh, online respondents said no, 11 percent said yes, and 6 percent were undecided. And I would say that that is also reflective of the comments from our online guests. Um, I'm sorry I wasn't able to get all of you on the air. Um, Please just know we ran out of time. That's the only reason I wasn't able to read all your comments. Um, so apologies for that.
1: All right. Very hot topic today. Thank you to Coastal Simon, Crystal Struben, and Father C. Ryan McCarthy. For Mary Catherine Carmichael, producers Gretchen Frazee and Julie Raw, and engineering Mike Pashkash. I'm Bob Salzberg. Thanks for listening.
5: Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times.
1: Helping people living with injuries and chronic back, spine, or joint pain to get back on their feet. Premier Ortho, 333-1933, online at mypremierortho.com.